Good morning, good morning. Good to have you on this beautiful, sunny, crisp fall morning, right? It is only crisp. Somebody said it's cold. I said, no, no, in January, you'll tell me that it's cold. That's cold. This is just crisp and beautiful. We're excited about being able to be here with you all. Uh, if you are joining us for the first time, then uh, please stop by the Welcome Center and pick up a free gift we have for you. And, and uh, if you're joining us online, uh, sbt.org slash connect. Let us know that you're out there watching. We would be encouraged by that, and uh, that's always an exciting time uh, for us. Let's see what else we have then. Um, oh, I guess you already know about the Sunday School Switch, if you didn't already do that all. But uh, today's the day that it's switched. If you're looking for the people that you would normally see, well, maybe it's good that you're seeing different people. I don't know. So there you go. Uh, let's go back to that, whatever that was. So Southeast Institute is tomorrow. Uh, 7 o'clock, make sure that you're here for those things, nursery and maintenance. Melody and I will not be here. We're leaving in the morning to go see Mia and Josh and uh, see their new place and uh, meet their new pastor and just all those kinds of things. We're excited about that, but uh, uh, that's tomorrow at 7 o'clock in the evening. And uh, then Trunk or Treat is coming up. If you're going to uh, participate in the Trunk or Treat uh, competition in decorating, uh, please submit your trunk theme to J.D. or Joey by the 23rd. That's two weeks from today. And then the 26th uh, is when Trunk or Treat is, planned for about 45 kids and for candy-wise. And it's just a great time. We always just have a good time. At the very beginning of the service that, sun, that Wednesday night, uh, we spend the first 10 or so minutes outside there. So uh, it's just always a good time for us. Uh, missionaries of the week are domestics. They're working with American Indians in Arizona, so keep them in your prayers. And then I have a couple of other announcements for you as well. Um, Hope in Christ ministry meeting is after the evening service right over here. That's the cancer uh, ministry, so if you're in, in, interested in getting involved in that, uh, that's tonight after the church service. Uh, then also, uh, two weeks from today, the 23rd, is the Hazelwood's official last Sunday with us before they go off into uh, their ministry, uh, their full-time ministry now, down in uh, Missouri. Is it Missouri, right? Am I saying that right? Missouri. So uh, we will have what we're going to do on that 23rd, uh, that Sunday night after church, is we're going to have a pitch-in fellowship after church. Remember when we used to do those and then COVID disrupted them? We don't care about COVID anymore, so we're going to do it anyway. Uh, so it is a sweet and salty is the idea. In other words, we're not having a meal, and we're not going to have, you're not going to sit down and eat necessarily, it's just kind of nibble while you fellowship with the uh, Hazelwoods and, and uh, those kinds of things. If you uh, would like to uh, get involved in a send-off gift for them as well, uh, we'll be taking up an offering just for, to kind of just help them out as they uh, officially take off uh, into the ministry there. It's an exciting time for them. All right, and then I will mention this as well. We've been sharing notes from our teenagers from camp. They wrote anonymously to us uh, to say what they wish you know, we knew or want, what they wanted us to know. So here it is. Uh, Dear SBT, I thank God for letting me come to camp this year. I have decided to make the decision to stay off my phone and stop letting it distract me from my walk with God. Give me an amen, somebody. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Now, that's not an easy thing to do. It's, it's a challenge. I'm not going to give you any names, but uh, one young person, they're getting ready to, uh, to uh, go on a family trip, and I said, are you excited? And they said, uh, well, no, because where we're going doesn't have Wi-Fi. And I said, that's what makes it vacation. That's the exciting part. But it's a challenge, isn't it, in our day and age? Maybe the way we could encourage the kids, pray for them, uh, encourage them by just saying, hey, this is great, but why don't you do this? Take your phone and uh, show it to one of the teenagers. Say, hey, I'm going to join you. Pick a day this week and don't use your phone at all. You say, Pastor John, you don't know what my... I can't do that. I'm a parent. I know. I raise kids without cell phones. Remember those days? We could do it. It was possible. Remember when you didn't have to take cell phones away from kids to go to camp because they didn't have them? And you went, they went to camp in the middle of nowhere with no way of getting in touch with you unless it was absolutely necessary, and that meant that you had to drive into town to get to the nearest payphone or whatever. Oh, yeah, those are the days. It's still possible. You can live without your phone for a day. Give it a shot and uh, give that time to the Lord, right? It's called fasting. We would fast from food and give that time to the Lord. Well, fast from your phone. 
I'll bet you'd have more time given to the Lord fasting from your phone than you would fasting from food. I'm just throwing it out there. Give it a shot. See what you think, all right? Uh, let's stand. We're going to have a word of prayer and ask the Lord to bless our time. Father, it is a joy to be here. Thank you for letting us uh, come together to sing your praises, to allow our hearts to be drawn to you. We pray that you would uh, just insert yourself into this uh, service in such a way that we know it's been good to be in your house, that uh, each of us would set aside the cares and the frustrations of the moment and allow your Holy Spirit uh, this time to challenge us and encourage us and lift us up. Bless every aspect of the service, and we'll thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pastor Andrew. We're so glad you're here this morning and uh, join us for our service. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that's Jesus Christ, to give us salvation, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We're going to sing about that love today. So join me together as we sing 448, My Savior's Love. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene, and wonder how he could love me, a sinner and a thief. How loveless I am, and my soul shall be, how loveless I Jesus loves me.
simple song there, but a profound truth, right? That Jesus loves us. We'll sing about that. Jesus loves even me. You can remain seated as we sing. I am so glad that my Father in heaven tells of his love in the book he has given. Wonderful things in the Bible I see. This is the dearest that Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. We'll hear from Christy and Nicole, a piano duo, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee.
Now, as we begin a new book for our scripture reading this month, the book of Hebrews, chapter number one. Hebrews, chapter number one. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins and sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he saith, Who maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire. But unto the Son, he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness among thy fellows. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they all shall wax old as doth a garment. And as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits, sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you, John. Great passage there, talking about God sending us his son, incredible things he's done for us, and we'll continue to sing about the love of God. Next song is The Love of God. The love of God is great to fall.
previous hymn of the month that's right along with our, our theme here. Magnificent, marvelous, matchless love. We'll sing the first, strain of the second, then the chorus, third in the chorus. We'll sing this all together on that first. Magnificent, marvelous, matchless love, too vast and astounding to tell. Forever existing in worlds above, thou offered and given to all. O fountain of beauty eternal, the Father, the Spirit, the Son, sufficient and endlessly generous, magnificent, marvelous, matchless Verse 2. Creation is brimming with thankfulness, the mountains exultant they said. The seasons rejoice in your faithfulness, all life is sustained by your hand. You crown every petal with color, you paint every shade in the sky. Each day the dawn wakes as an heart. How great, how sure His love endures forevermore. Magnificent, marvelous, man. On that last, what grace that you entered our brokenness. You came in the fullness of time. How far we had fallen.
around us as God's glory fills this place. I've touched the hem of his garment. I can Service. There we go. I was telling the first service that uh, that there have been many, many times that I've uh, left this church and thinking of that song. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Take your Bible and turn to the 77th Psalm. The 77th Psalm. And uh, I don't know if Miss Liz is going to make it back in with little James Francis. Is she going to make it in? Do you know? Okay, so uh, they're here someplace, so if you haven't seen them yet, that's what that was all about, so you don't have to leave it up there. We'll, we'll uh, just uh, make, give you a chance to find them on your own, but he's here, doing well, I guess. I haven't got to see him yet, so that's exciting. Uh, the 77th Psalm. Uh, this is a, song, a psalm written by Asaph, and uh, we don't know exactly the circumstances of Asaph's life at this time when he's writing this, but what we know is that Asaph is going through some kind of a trial. He's gonna, that's going to become very clear to you in just a moment as we read it. What, uh, what I also know is, I don't know what to, where you are in your life, but I know what life is like, right? Life uh, tends to take us to diff- through difficult patches from time to time. The Bible says man is born to trouble, the sparks fly upward. And so if that happens to be you, if that happens to be where your life is, then we need to learn something here from the 77th Psalm as ASAP is uh, going through it, and you're going to be amazed, really, where, where he is. Uh, I, I call the first part of this uh, psalm, and I guess maybe the uh, entire um, message, the black hole of trials, uh, because you're going to see just where ASAP is. Let's read verse 1, we'll pray, and then we'll jump into this. I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. Father, as we look at this passage, Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here whose life is just taking them into that black hole trial, that you would uh, lift them up today and encourage them and help them to see uh, how difficult uh, it is, but yet how powerful you are. God, I pray that you would uh, just uh, show yourself to be powerful and vibrant today, and we'll thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As Asaph uh, starts this, he says, I cried to the Lord. And so, of course, that's what we do in trial, right? We go through a trial, having a difficult time, we, we cry unto the Lord. That's a given. But take a look at verse 2. Let me show you. This is where it starts becoming amazing what Asaph is saying. He says, In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. And maybe... Maybe this trial is there for you. It's not quite where Asaph was yet. It's just the beginning of what... There's little James coming in now. Oh, and Mom, too. Yeah, hi, Miss Liz. How are you doing? <laughs> Good to have you guys back with us. And uh, so if you uh, have a chance to stop by and see little James, there you go. Uh, just look. That's, that's all we ask. There you go. Uh, but anyway, so uh, here, here's... This is like the beginning of that trial, right? He, he's... His soul is refusing to be comforted. But 
in verse 3, we're going to see something that is almost unspeakable in our Christian circle. We wouldn't say this out loud, but Asaph does. Take a look at verse 3. He says, I remembered God and was troubled. Not, I remembered God and was comforted. Not, I remembered God and was encouraged. Asaph says, I remembered God and it brought me no comfort. It didn't, it didn't encourage me at all. Asaph is literally in this trial, as we begin to see this, he is at the place where he is questioning whether God even cares about him. This trial, this black hole, Asaph is plunged into this trial and he's not seeing light at the end of the tunnel. He's just seeing darkness. And the thoughts of God aren't bringing him comfort. In fact, it's troubling him. There's this implication here where Asaph is like, God, where have you gone? What are you doing? Why aren't you helping me? And Asaph, rather than being encouraged by remembering God, this was that. Look at the next part. He says, I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Maybe this is where you are. Are you in that kind of a trial where you're not seeing light at the end of the tunnel? I mean, it's just... Uh, you know, I, I have to be honest with you. You know, it's, you know um, there have been times in my life in which I've been in these kinds of trials. And I'm watching, you know, Melody's family starting to go through that. We're not seeing light at the end of the tunnel. All we're seeing is more sleepless nights and more difficulties and, and uh, just trying to figure out how to make it all work and sometimes you're sitting there thinking, God, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to do? What are you trying to show us? And, and the thoughts of God aren't bringing us comfort. And, and we find ourselves, our spirits are overwhelmed. We go on to verse 4. Asaph says, I'm going to just come up there. It's easier than go back to my notes. Thou holdest my eyes waking. Literally, here's what Asaph is saying. God, I can't sleep and you're the reason. God, you're keeping me awake at night. I'm not... God, where is that restful, peaceful sleep that you promised? We, we talked about that just a couple weeks ago, this, this peace that God gives in our sleep. And yet, this trial that Asaph finds himself in, he's not finding that sleep. He's not finding that rest. This trial is keeping him up at night. And he's reaching the point where he's... His thoughts of God are troubling his spirit. He's not encouraged. It's literally when, when as a Christian, and we're going through that trial, we find it difficult sometimes to come to church because we know what the pastor's going to say and we know what the people are going to say to us. But our spirit, it's not there. It's just not there. Thoughts of God are troubling us. He says, God, you're keeping me awake at night. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. And I don't know um, where you are. This morning as uh, we came to the invitation time, I was, I was shocked at how many hands said, Pastor, I'm in the black hole. I was shocked. But I don't know. People don't always tell me what's going on in their lives. But I know that trials happen. And it's easy for us to become like Asaph. And thoughts of God are not a comfort. Thoughts of God are not an encouragement. In fact, thoughts of God become troubling. And our spirits are overwhelmed with complaints. We're staying awake at night. And we're so troubled that we cannot speak. And that's where Asaph finds himself. As we get into verse 5, though. Asaph, I, I'm, I call this the, the beginning of the way out. Asaph is going to show us how we can start climbing back out of that hole, how we can keep this trial from overwhelming us, from taking over our Christian walk. Because that's where Asaph is. Verse 5, he says, I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. First thing he says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start remembering what, I, what I've seen God do in the past. 
whether it's ancient times, things that I've read about in the Bible, things that I've read about in stories someplace, or whether it's in my own life, just days of old, I can remember that God did some incredible things. And I'm going to remember those things that God did. And I'm going to let those things begin to change the way I'm viewing this trial. So God, just for a moment, Asaph says, I'm going to think back. I'm going to consider the old ways, the old days. Remember when, remember when trials were difficult before? Have you ever been through another trial? Is this your only trial you've ever been through? And you had other trials that you were going through, and God had to get you through those. And you remember as you think back on them, how God, there was a time maybe in that trial that you felt just like you do now, that God had given up on you, that God had left you alone, that the, the black hole is your existence forever, and that's where you are. And you felt stuck there. So I'm going to remember back on some of the things that God has done. So you go on to the next verse, verse 6, it says, he, says a, he uses a phrase there. He says, I call to remembrance my song in the night. And literally that song in the night is, he says, I remember a time in which I was surrounded by darkness and the Spirit of God stepped in and ministered to my soul in an unusual way. And God gave me a song in the middle of a trial that I had before. Do you remember any of those trials? Can you remember any of those kinds of things? I, uh, in my own life, you know, I, I, there have been major trials and non-major trials, just like everybody else, right? We're all, we all, life is difficult for everyone. It is. But uh, you may or may not know this, but there was a time in which I was engaged before Melody. And when that fell apart, it was difficult. I'm just telling you, honestly, I, I, it, was, it was one of those black hole moments. You know, I mean, I'm a young guy. I'm, you know, this is the expectation of the direction of my life, and it's not happening, and things are swirling out of control, and I don't know what I'm going to do. And, and, I, and I remember when God gave me a song in the night. Now, that song in the night didn't come within a day or a week or even months. But here's what happened. As God would have it. I took a group of teenagers to a skating activity. And Melody took a group of teenagers to a skating activity. And all of a sudden, when I was in my black hole, God gave me a song in the night. Things began to change. I can remember when I have felt this way before and what God did. I remember when Melody and I first got married and we're like everybody else, right? We're going to be married for two years, have our first kid, wait two more years, have our second kid, wait two more years, have our third kid. We talked about names. We talked, that's, you know, we, we're like everybody else. That's the way we'd all planned it out. Two years come and go, and we're not getting pregnant. And when she finally did get pregnant, all of a sudden she miscarried. That happens a second time. And all of a sudden, things are starting to spiral. What's going on here? And we're not spring chickens. And by this time, we're in our early 30s. And it's becoming obvious we're not going to have kids. At least not the normal way. So we go knock on the door and say, hey, we'd like to adopt. You know what they tell us? Ten years. Ten years. We're a young couple. Ten years. In 10 years, our hope and our expectation is that we have kids entering into junior high, you know? I mean, 10 years. Wow. We're devastated. How in the world? And, and God steps in, and, and God gives that song in the night, a peace that passes understanding. And I'll finish that part of the story in a little bit. Asaph goes on to say this, I commune with my own heart. And my spirit made diligent search. And here's what Asaph begins to do. He says, look, I'm in the hole. I'm in this black hole, a bottomless pit. I'm seeing no way out, and I'm not seeing light at the end of the tunnel. But I begin to remember the days of old. Remember what I've seen God do in my life and other people's lives. I remember to, to, when God gave me that song in the night. And he says, I communed with my own spirit. David put it this way. David said, I encouraged myself, or David encouraged himself in the Lord. Remember that? Asaph said, I'm, I'm going to just 
you know what, there's nobody, I can't count on other people, maybe nobody else even knows I'm in the middle of this trial. But I'm going to commune with my own spirit, and I'm going to remember the things that I know about God, and I'm going to let God begin to pull me up out of this dark hole. That's what Asaph begins to do. He calls to remember that song in the night, and it becomes a, a wonderful thing for him. Verse up. In verse uh, 7, I'm sorry, yeah, verse 7, it says, Asaph starts this process. I, I, I love this. Asaph starts this process of asking some, some obvious questions. And I'm going to encourage us. This is what we need to do. If you're in trial today, this is where you need to come to. This is probably the best part of this psalm right here. The next couple, three verses, he's going to ask a series of questions that have obvious answers. Here's the first one. Will the Lord cast off forever? Answer this question for me. Will the Lord cast us off forever? No. You know that. Now, here's the problem. When you're in the black hole, you may not feel that way. Here's what Asaph said earlier. I think about God, and it brings me trouble. He's almost bitter. I mean, Asaph, his thoughts of God are not bringing him comfort. But Asaph says, I need to get out of this black hole. I need to let God pull me out of this black hole and get me through this trial. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to remember what I know about God. Will God cast me off forever? No. Listen to what he says. Will he be favorable no more? Has God quit blessing us? You've said, I mean, you're in the middle of trial. No more blessings. You're going to have trial, and then you're going to die. Is that the way this works? Or is God going to continue to bless his children? And he's asking those rhetorical questions. No, it's a resounding, absolutely no, God has not stopped being favorable. God has not stopped blessing us. I need to remember these things when I'm in the middle of trial. Let's go on to the next one. Next verse, verse 8 says, in his, Is his mercy clean gone forevermore? Let me ask you, is God still merciful? But wait a minute, wait a minute. You're in the black hole. Is God still merciful? We've got to remember what we know about God. Asaph is asking these questions that have obvious answers to them. We don't need to, to question these things. Asaph has known these since he was first introduced to God. And you've known them since you first became a Christian. God's mercy is not gone. He's still offering you mercy. Does his promise fail evermore? The answer is no. Has God quit keeping his promises? Absolutely not. His promises are still true. We can still count on them. So God says to us that whenever we enter into a trial, he will with every, trial, every tribulation make a way of escape. Right? God has not deserted us. He has not left us alone. God's promises are true. And we can hold on to those. Asaph has to remind himself of what he knows. In verse 9, he says... Has, for God, has God forgotten to be gracious? Mercy is God withholding that which we deserve. And sometimes we get in that black hole and we think, you know what? I probably deserve this. So I can expect no help from God. Is that true? No. God's mercy isn't clean gone. God's mercy has not left us. He does still approach us with mercy. Grace is when God gives us something we don't deserve. Mercy withholds that which we do deserve. Grace gives us something we don't deserve. And neither of these have gone away. In the middle of the trial, sometimes we think, God's not going to bless me anymore. I'm done. He's withdrawn his hand of mercy. Not true. Not true. Asaph says, I've got to remember what I know about God. God is merciful forever. His grace is everlasting. He says, has he shut me up and has shut up his tender mercies? Has he stopped loving me? No. No. He's not stopped loving us. Sometimes it's, it's easy for us in the middle of the trial to begin to believe these things about God. But Asaph says, I'm going to remind myself of what I know about God. I've settled these issues a long time ago. God loves me. God is merciful. God is gracious. God keeps his promises. These are the things that I can hang on to. Yes, I'm going through a trial. And yes, it's a black hole. And yes, I can't see light at the end of the tunnel. 
and I'm getting discouraged and it's hard for me right now, but I'm going to remind myself of what I know about this God. He says, Salah, stop. Think about this for a moment. Remember it. It's important. He goes on in verse 10. Here's where he begins finally to start climbing out of the hole. He allows what uh, this reconsidering is doing here. Verse 10, he says, And I said, this is my infirmity. He says, I'm I'm still in the trial. I I want you to catch this. Asaph hasn't left the trial. This is my infirmity. This is where I'm at. I'm back here where my my soul has can't put into words how bad I feel. Where thoughts of God have not been bringing comfort and encouragement. Where it's difficult for me not to believe that these the answers to those questions are not the opposite. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I'm going to remember what God has done over the years. I told you about Melody and I going through all this stuff with our infertility and those kinds of things. They, they said 10 years, 10 years it would be before you can adopt. And honestly, we're thinking, but by then, I mean, you know how it is when you're young, you, you think that you know, 45 is like ancient. And we're thinking, 10 years? Will we be able to even drive them to school? But then I don't know. I mean, man, how, how can you do this? And, but God <laughs> steps in and gives a song of the night. And when they said it would be 10 years, within three years, we had both of our children. Because that's what God can do. And while three years earlier, it was nothing but darkness and bleak and we were discouraged and we were hurting and we were struggling to put into words what our hearts were like and we were tired, quite honestly, of hearing people tell us, God's in control, you can trust God. We were tired of it. It brought us no comfort. And yet God stepped in and gave a song of the night. So now, as our family enters into another time of trial, we can remember what God did before. Can you remember some things God did before? Can you remember when God just stepped in in ways that you never imagined he could do? And now here you are facing a new trial. And you're thinking, God, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And God says, remember the years. Remember of the... when, When... It was you at the right hand of the Most High God and I was giving you my blessing. Remember that? Because I'm going to help you to relive those again in the midst of all this trial. Asaph's still in the trial. This is my infirmity. But he says, I'm going to begin to crawl out of this discouragement, this depression, this darkness that I find in my soul. I'm going to let God bring me out of it by remembering in verse 11, he says, I will remember the works of the Lord, surely. I will remember thy works of old. I remember uh, when God first brought us here. I mean, I'm telling you, honestly, Melody and I, were, we, if God would have left us where we were, we, we, we said to one another, we could be here all of our lives. We loved the church that we were in. We loved what we were doing. We could have just stayed there. It was a great time for us, and we enjoyed it. But we really felt like God was bringing us to help out the church here. And we came, and within a matter of weeks, Mel's dad, who was the pastor at the time, resigned and took a church down in Mississippi, and the church was collapsing. So it goes from 40 people to 20 people to 10, 15 people I mean, it was, it was ugly. It was ugly. And honestly, I'm sitting here saying, I didn't want to be here to begin with. And we're out in the middle of nowhere. Back then, this was the middle of nowhere, believe it or not. It really was. And uh, just some little country church. I'm like, God, what have I done to deserve this? I was in a black hole. I was. I'm just being honest. I was in a black hole. But I remember now watching the works of God. So that now, today, after being here 31 years, if I had it all to do over again, I wouldn't change a thing. 
I can't imagine spending my life in ministry anywhere else but in this place with you people. Because that's how good God has been to us. I look back and remember. And so when I'm facing a struggle, a trial, a black hole that I cannot see light at the end of the tunnel, I remember times when I was there before and what God did. And when I was there before, and what God did. And when I was there before, and what God did. And now, here I am. Yet again, what am I going to do? I'm going to remember the works of the Lord. I'm going to remember the wonders of old, the things that God has done. Look at verse 12. He says, I will meditate also all, uh, of all thy work and talk of thy doings. I, this is where it begins, right? He's, he's beginning to crawl out of this darkness into the glorious light of the Savior yet again. In the midst of the trial, the trial hasn't changed. I'm in my infirmity. But I'm choosing to change what I'm thinking on. He says, I will meditate on the works of God. And he goes on to say, and I'm going to talk about them. I'm going I'm to challenge you. If you really need to get out of a trial right now, you need to get out of that hole of that dip. I'm not saying the trial will go away. To get out of the hole of discouragement and depression, you want to get out of that? Start talking about what God has done in the past. Do you remember uh, some of the great works God has done? I remember the day that uh, our neighbors came over to us. It was a Wednesday. It was, uh, there was a funeral going on. I don't remember whose funeral, to be honest with you. And we had gone to the graveside, and the people who were cooking the meal were still here. And our neighbors came over and said, hey, We've been trying to sell that property over there for $250,000 for the last, two, last year and a half, two years. We can't sell it. We've got to get Dad out of that house. He's old. He owes $130,000 on it. We think you guys ought to buy it. But we need an answer by Monday. Remember that? Do you remember what we did? Do you remember how we said, okay, folks, God must be doing something, but we don't, we don't want to go into debt for this property. So that was on Sunday morning. Sunday night, we took up a $100,000 offering right here in this church. Paid cash for the property. I remember when God's done incredible things. And when I remember the incredible things that God has done, it makes it much easier for me to endure the trial that I'm in at the moment by remembering. Let's talk about the wondrous things that God has done. Tell people about them. It'll encourage you. It'll encourage them. Thy way, O God, verse 13, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great as a God? Who is so great a God as our God? Thou art the God that doest wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. Do we remember that God? Remember just, just two months ago when you weren't in the trial? That's the God you, had, you were coming to praise. And now you're dragging yourself to church thinking, I don't even want to be here because thoughts of God aren't bringing me comfort. I am so overwhelmed by the trial that I'm in. So was Asaph. How do we get out of that? Let's go back to what we know about God. Let's go back to what we remember. Look at the conclusion, starting in verse 15. Asaph sums this all up. He says, Thou hast with thine arm redeemed thy people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph Salah. Now look at verse 16. This is great. In the scripture, our trials are often described in this way. Floodwaters, waves, storms, right? Those are, that's how the Bible uses to describe our trials. Look at what this verse says. The waters saw thee, O God. The waters saw thee, and look what it says. They were afraid. Are you in the trial? Guess what? The trial sees God. When you and I get out of our depressed mode, when we get out of our selfish, self-centered, oh, woe is me, and we put our eyes back on God, and we begin to speak the greatness of our God, the trial themselves see God and are afraid. The depths also were troubled. Verse 17. The clouds poured out water. The skies sent out sound. But, look at that, 
Thine arrows also went abroad. Thy voice, the voice of thy thunder, was in the heaven. The lightnings lighted the world, and the earth trembled and shook. When we begin to lift God up in our trial, the power of God steps in in ways that we can't understand. And the waters are afraid. And the earth begins to tremble. In verse 19, thy way is in the sea. Now this, this by the way, is really the hardest thing. All right, verse 19 puts it all in perspective. I can't explain it because I don't. His ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Look at what it says. Thy way is in the sea and thy path in the great waters. Literally what Asaph is saying is, God, I don't understand it, but here I am in this trial and you led me here. Thy way is in the sea. Thy path is in the great waters. Now the waters are afraid of God, but God literally led us to this place. That's the hard part about trial. That's difficult. But look at what it says. Thy footsteps are not known. He says, I don't, I don't understand it, but let me, he sums it up in verse 20. Look what he says. Thou ledest thy people like a flock. So he brings us right back to Psalm 23, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, lead me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even there, the shepherd is still leading. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thy hand leadeth me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That prepares the table for me, present me. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Look at this. Wonderful. This is what God does. Asaph says, I don't understand it all, God, but I know that you're leading. And what I remember about you causes me to trust you to lead me as a gentle, good shepherd. Heads out, eyes closed. I have no idea where your lives are, things that might be going on. But I do know that life is difficult for everyone, right? It is. But maybe you say, Pastor John, right now, I am in the middle of one of those black hole trials. I mean, Pastor, I'm struggling to find comfort in God and His Word. Pastor, I am, I am so deep into a trial that I'm struggling to trust what I remember about God. But Pastor, I want to be like Asaph. I want, to, I want to start proclaiming and I want to start meditating on what I know about God. And let God get me through this. Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can pray for you? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Seven, eight, ten, thank you. Father, many, many hands have gone up. God, I don't know the circumstances. I don't, but you do. And God, I pray that afresh and anew you would show forth your great strength in each and every life, especially the hands that have been raised, that you would just remind them of your love, that your mercy and your grace has not abandoned them, that your promises are still sure. And God, like Asaph, help us to trust you to lead us through. And Father, we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing together, Oh, How He Loves You and Me. The altar is open to you, or maybe you just need to sit at your seat and do business with the Lord. But do business with the Lord. Would you, like Asaph, just uh, come to the Lord, cry out, and find God's help today? Oh, how He loves you.
you do have an assignment on your way out today, all right? So um, go slowly, and here's what you do. Tell someone about something great that God has done in your life in the past. You don't know who raised their hand and who didn't. You don't know. You don't know who might need to be encouraged. And I don't know who maybe didn't raise their hand but wanted to. I don't know. Maybe someone was so discouraged, like, I don't even want to raise my hand and ask for prayer. I'm, thoughts of God are just troubling me, and that's where I'm at. You know how to get out of that? Start talking about the greatness of our God. So tell somebody something great God did for you on your way out. Would you do that? And uh, that'll be a blessing to you and to them. Anything else I'm supposed to be announcing? The Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, give you peace, love you all. God bless you. You're dismissed.